Welcome to The Informationist, the podcast that breaks down complex financial concepts into simple, fast, and easy to understand terms. We understand that financial jargon can be overwhelming, so we make it our mission to bring you accessible information, helping you to use financial terms and concepts to your advantage. Stay updated by subscribing to The Informationist podcast today. In today's episode, we'll cover the basics of what a recession is and how to recognize one, the Fed's efforts to induce economic contraction through raising rates, as well as the leading indicators of a coming recession. And be sure to listen to the end where we cover ways an investor can position themselves for a potential recession. Recession. Are we headed for one or going to avoid it altogether? On one side, we have the White House and the Fed, the White House saying there will be no recession and the Fed insisting there will be a soft landing or barely any recession at all. On the other side, it seems we have everyone else. Portfolio managers have been talking about a looming recession for months. Bloomberg agrees with 65% of economists surveyed seeing a recession in the next year. And Bloomberg's own models give an even higher likelihood of a recession in the near future, as we'll detail later. But who's right? And what exactly is a recession anyway? Seems that goalpost has moved recently too. But no worry, we're going to cover all that and more, nice and easy as always today. So let's get to it. Let's start with the basics, shall we? I mean, what is a recession? And before predicting any, how can we tell that we are in fact in one? Well, using various economic definitions and descriptions, a recession is simply a period of economic decline lasting at least six months. Indicators of a recession include a decrease in GDP, rising unemployment, and reduced spending by consumers and businesses. I know, I know, we had two consecutive quarters of contracting GDP last year, but conflicting data like continued low unemployment and rising wages, even if they did not quite keep up with inflation, I mean, do they ever really, plus increased spending all point to an economy that's not really contracting. Yet. But the Fed is looking to change that. By jacking up the Fed funds rate by almost 5 full percent in the last 12 months, the Fed's looking to tighten financial liquidity, i.e. access to cheap money and squash demand in order to lower inflation. So even as Fed members speak out of both sides of their mouths, i.e. we need unemployment higher and prices lower, but we can still avoid a recession, they know in their dark little hearts that they must induce economic pain in order to tackle the stickiest transitory inflation that they've ever experienced. Why do they do this? Why do they use silly terms like soft landing, whatever that even means, when describing what they know damned well to be hurtful economic contraction? Say it with me. Recession. Maybe a little history will help us better understand. See, back in the late 70s, Cornell economist Alfred Kahn was appointed by President Jimmy Carter as chairman of the Council on Wage and Price Stability. In short, Kahn was responsible for overseeing and managing the federal government's efforts to control inflation. Khan was therefore referred to as the inflation czar. However, Khan was constantly in trouble with Carter and his cabinet for referring to the terrible economic conditions at the time as a depression or a recession. Known for his use of plain English in the classroom, this annoyed Khan to no end. His response? He said, fine, I'll use the word banana instead. And so, quoted in the Washington Post, Khan said, Between 1973 and 1975, we had the deepest banana we've had in 35 years. And yet, inflation dipped only very briefly. Sounds like soft landing really means banana. If we can't trust their words, what can we trust? That's right, data. Cold, hard, real. The true indicators. Some of you have heard me talk about this quite a bit before, but one of the leading indicators of a coming recession is the inversion of the U.S. Treasury yield curve. It's a leading indicator for two reasons. 
It's one of the earliest indicators we have, and it's also one of the most reliable. I've written all about yield curve inversions and simplified the concept thoroughly in a recent post. You can find a link to them in the show notes. TLDR, when longer dated treasuries like the 10-year have lower yields than shorter maturities like the three-month or the two-year, this indicates an economy is headed for trouble. There are a host of reasons for this that you can read all about in that article, but suffice to say that the inversion of the 10-year to two-year and the 10-year three-month curves usually happens somewhere between six to 18 months before the actual onset of a recession. Check out the charts in the show notes. For those who can't see the charts, they show that a recession followed every single inversion of either spread. Super reliable. But a few things I notice. First, the 10-year to 3-month spread seems to be the most reliable indicator of the two. Second, it looks like that curve inverted in late October, early November, and the 10-year, 2-year inverted even earlier, back in early July, which puts a recession on the table for anywhere from this spring to early 2024. Third, the magnitude of both inversions hasn't been this bad since the 1980s. For those of you who didn't live through that one, it sucked, period. And lastly, they appear to just be getting worse. Lovely. Another pretty big red flag is the Bureau of Economic Analysis' two main measures of economic activity have diverged in the last two quarters, GDP and GDI. GDP, gross domestic product, is the total market value of all finished goods and services produced by an economy. And GDI, gross domestic income, is the total income generated by an economy in a given period. When these diverge, there's a profitability issue. To simplify, cost to produce goods is rising, while income generated from that production is falling. A business 101 no-no. Lo and behold, GDP rose 2.6% while GDI fell by 3.3% in the last quarter of 2022. This was after being revised quite a bit lower from the original measure of minus 1.1, by the way. And GDP rose by just 1.3%, while GDI fell by 2.3% in the first quarter of 2023. Not good. Digging deeper, let's turn to corporate profits, as that's an actual indication of a contraction of profitability. In short, pre-tax corporate profits also fell 2.7% in the last quarter of 2022, and then tumbled 6.8% in the first quarter of 2023. And in an echo of the GDP-GDI indicator, the S&P's net income to sales ratio for the first quarter of 2023 also dropped steeply. It's therefore no surprise that 93% of CEOs are preparing for a recession in 2023, and over half believe that a recession is their greatest challenge for the year ahead, according to the conference board's measure of CEO confidence. Okay, so it seems that companies and their executives are starting to see and feel signs of a contraction. What else? While there are many other places we can look, like housing and intricate sales data, among other things, there are sometimes places we look that give us a false sense of confidence. Let's talk about that. One of the signals that I consistently hear investors key in on is employment. I mean, if people are not losing their jobs, then the economy must be okay, right? All we hear from the Fed is no unemployment equals no recession. Seems reasonable, until we look at the facts, the data. When looking at a chart that plots unemployment versus recessions, for instance, and focusing in on when unemployment rises versus when a recession starts, we see something pretty interesting. Unemployment seems to barely tick up before a recession and then spikes dramatically once we are actually in a recession. Seems that looking at rising unemployment as an indicator of a coming recession is like crossing the street and watching for cars as a bus quietly flattens you. So the next time you hear someone say, we're at full employment, there must not be a recession coming anytime soon. Show them that chart. It's in the show notes. 
Be sure to point out the 70s, 80s, and that lovely dagger of 2008, too. They kind of remind me of the Fed funds chart, actually. The one where rates spike from near zero to over 5% in less than a year. Like flying a plane straight up into the atmosphere, just waiting for it to dive bomb back to Earth again. Maybe that's why Bloomberg's own models say there's a 100% chance of a recession by the end of this year. Yes, you heard that right. 100%. So if we expect a recession, how can we position ourselves? If you've been listening to me and reading my work, then you know how I'm currently positioned for the year ahead. First, I've been buying metals and hard monies like gold, silver, and Bitcoin and continue to add to them opportunistically. I also hold short-term U.S. Treasuries and a high allocation to FDIC-insured money markets in order to keep plenty of liquidity, dry powder at the ready, so I can pounce when the time is right. Because I agree with Bloomberg's models and I'm anticipating the inevitable. Either we get some sort of credit event, like another run on regional banks or worse, that causes a major market disruption and sell-off, or we do in fact get the dreaded reality of a full-on recession. Or should we call it a banana? The information in this newsletter is not intended to constitute individual investment advice and is not designed to meet your personal financial situation. It is provided for information purposes only, and nothing herein constitutes investment, legal, accounting, or tax advice, or a recommendation to buy, sell, or hold a security. We strongly advise you to discuss your investment options with your financial advisor prior to making any investments, including whether any investment is suitable for your specific needs. Subscribe to the Informationist newsletter to stay informed, break down information barriers, and learn about financial concepts easily and quickly at www.jameslavish.com.